0: Just want to read a very short verse, a few couple of verses from Second Corinthians chapter four. If you have a, a Bible or associated digital device, um, then I um, just want to read that. Um, it's Second Corinthians chapter four, verses um, seven to twelve. So it's just a short passage, and it says this: "But we have this treasure in jars of clay." to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that this His life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Excellent. Now, my wife Arlene collects, some of you might know that, she collects um, vintage um, jars and pots and jugs. So, I thought I'd bring one to show you. She doesn't spend very much on them, but that's because she goes around sort of junk shops and places and, uh, and gets good prices for things that are usually worth quite a lot more. I think she paid about eight pounds for this, this is quite unusual, you don't see many of these, it's an Arthur Wood original, it's rather nice, do you like it? Not everybody like because it's all in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Do you like it? No, I don't like it, no, I like it. modern, I like no, I like older, no, I like plain, no, I like, we're all different, aren't we, like that? But there it is. So, would you have it in your house? Uh, yeah, it's. Like, OK. So those of you who'd have it in your house, can I just ask, who, he, who here doesn't like spiders? Quite a lot. Now imagine that a really large, rather aggressive spider lived inside here. And you can't get it out. It just lives in there, you know, making little spiders to come and invade your house all the time. How comfortable would you have be having it in your house? Yeah, but even though you like what it looks like, because of what's inside, it kind of puts you off. What about people who are like, does anybody, who likes rats? Anybody not like rats? Who doesn't like rats? Yeah. So see if there was a dead rat in it. <laughs> then. Um, would that that put you off, would it, in in some way? Yeah. That's strange, isn't it? It's nice on the outside, but as soon as you know that something unpleasant is inside, you kind of forget about the outside, don't you? Because you're distracted by the more important thing, which is on the inside. And that's just the case across the way, isn't it? I mean, you think about Someone who is pleasant to look at, charming, erudite, knows all the right words to say, that seems attractive, until they hurt you. And then suddenly, the good looks and the charm seems rather shallow. Is that the right way to put it? Have you ever had that experience? I don't know, you may have had, where somebody has come to you and talked about somebody that you know is really not very honest and really quite manipulative and perhaps a little sinister. And they say, oh yeah, you know such and such, I think they're wonderful. So, oh, I think they're the best friend I've ever had, and you think, no, they're not. No, they're not. And you think, how can you not see that? And you don't notice all the other bits because you see the inside and therefore the outside kind of disappears, doesn't it? Interesting how that happens because we, we live in a planet that puts a huge amount of emphasis on the outside, and yet when we see the inside, doesn't work so well. Now, you might say, well, that's only about good. That's only about nice. That's only what the Bible says about life. That's what we find nice about the inside. But the reality is that that's not the case, that there are a lot of people in our world, for one reason or another, who actually find evil attractive. If people look at the sinister and are attracted to it, people who idolize gangsters. There are, there are people who are mass murderers who get fan mail. Shocking, isn't it? But it doesn't follow that life inside is what everybody in the world finds attractive, which is rather scary. But it, it's, it's interesting. Isn't it? But what we know from Psalm 37, so Psalm, in Psalm 37… This is what David says. He says, why do evil people prosper? Why why does what's wrong do well? Why does, why do when people do bad things, do they seem to do better than the people who try to do good things? It's not fair. He was good at that, was David. I I like him for that, because he's quite right. But he came up with this answer. I said, well, they just look like they do. But it doesn't last. And here's this jug on the outside. It's made of clay with paint on it. And clay… well, clay is just dried earth, and dried earth is just dust. So what you're looking at is painted dust. That's what you're looking at. Painted dust. Now, when you get a chance, find a mirror. That's what you're looking at. Painted dust. Because the Bible tells us that we are just dust. We're like the pot. But Paul tells us about having treasure within in Isaiah 32, there's a little passage, I really like it, it says this, it says, then the eyes of those who see no longer, sorry, then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, and the ears of those who hear will listen, and the mind of the rash will know understanding, and the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear, and listen, no longer will the fool be called noble? Now, And often in the Bible, the fool means someone who doesn't believe in God. So, in, in Jesus' time and for a while before, it was actually against rabbinic law to call someone a fool because you were accusing them of atheism. So, no longer will the fool be called noble, or the scoundrel highly respected. Now, I like this verse just for the fact it says scoundrel, which is a really good word, let's be honest. But now, what Isaiah is talking about is there'll come a time when what is reprehensible is no longer idolized. But that's not the case at the moment, is it? Let's be honest. (laughs) And that's about perception. Donovan was sharing with us last week, and he really blessed us all. And he was talking about how Paul was talking about there being a veil over our eyes, and we look, and we don't see. We know it's an old verse, we know it well, that God looks on the inside, doesn't He? Man looks on the outside, God looks on the inside. What's inside? And that's what we want to talk about today, inside, outside. So, what's inside and what's outside? Treasures in jars of clay. Do you feel like a treasure? You know, there's a treasure in there if you know Jesus. So, this is what Paul was trying to get to the church in Corinthians. He was trying to tell them that what used to be hidden is now revealed, both sides. So, what was hidden, as in, hidden sneakily, sin is now being revealed. And what was planned, so, you know, like revealing a plan, was now also being revealed, and that's our salvation in Jesus. So, on the outside, because let's face it, we're just dried earth painted, we waste away, but inside we have treasure which lasts. Job said in When at his worst point, he said, remember that you molded me like clay. Will you now turn me to dust again? And the answer is yes, that's the way of the world. Eventually, we'll all end up back as dust. And what's left? Now, inside this pot, when eventually it fades away and breaks and disintegrates, don't say that to Arlene, she'll get cross with me, But when eventually it does, what's inside will either fade with it or stay. If what's inside is permanent, then even though the pot disintegrates, it'll stay. If however what's inside is just as lifeless as the pot itself, then it too will just disintegrate and fade away. What's in you? What's in you? Permanent, temporary. Life, death. And that's the important bit, or it, or it should be. You see, what Paul says, and I think it's true, I don't know about you, I have good bits and not so good bits inside. I know, I keep it well hidden, I know that. But do you? i got good bits and not so good bits. I am a container for the time being of both life and death. My hope is that when the container fades away, life is left, my hope as in my firm belief. Now, this is, this is what's inside us. Paul talks about this in Ephesians. He says, we were dead in our transgressions because we craved things that were given by Satan, by the ruler of the kingdom of the air. These are the things that we have lots of lists, don't we? Think of the lists that we, we crave to have. We crave to better. We crave to put people down. We get angry. We get filled with rage. We find it difficult to forgive. We look at things which are naughty, but we think they're cool. you ever watch those movies where you find yourself rooting for the bad guy? Does that happen to you? It happens to me. I I know. What can I say? God will burn that away from me in the end, but at the moment, you know, there's life and death and the cravings that come from death still live in us as well as the life. So what we're talking about today is about relying on God to determine who we are. Which one is making us? Which one are we being made of inside, life or death? Which one do we want? Which one do we want? Yeshua? Because sometimes death looks a bit more attractive. I know that sounds really counterintuitive, but sometimes it does because it's dressed up. Satan presents himself as an angel of light. He makes death look attractive, but it's not. Jesus said this, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit Then talks to the Pharisees and says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings out the good stored in him, and the evil man brings evil out of the evil stored in him. But I tell you, that men will have to give account on the judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. He's speaking to the Pharisees who were teaching. So, basically, it works like this. What's inside shows out. What's inside shows out. The outside is just dried earth painted, but the inside reveals. So you can put as many layers over the top as you like, but inside you are just what you are. There's a, p I don't know if you go on the internet, there's this guy and he's spent something like twenty years putting layers of paint on a baseball. So it, it has to, it, it's enormous. I don't know why he did it. It's a good question, but he has. And it's huge. But inside it's still just a baseball. It's just not functional anymore as a baseball. It's bizarre. It's a strange way to behave. But here's the thing. We have control over who we become. We can give ourselves up to one or give ourselves up to the other. I know it's a conflict. Paul says that. Paul says, you know, we need, he says, to put to death, the things inside that lead to death and allow the Holy Spirit to bring to life the things which give life. So, Paul says this, put to death, therefore, wherever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, lust, evil desires, greed. I mean, there's quite a lot in New Testament that says this, that we have control. We have control over what we become. What we give ourselves to forms us. That, you know that, those of you who've ever been involved in management, there's an old management saying which says, what you, you set your standards by what you will walk past. So, in other words, an employee is behaving in a certain way, and if you walk past it, you're giving approval. If you don't challenge it, you're giving approval. And we work like that. What are we doing? What do we let inside? There is, there's nothing in the Bible that says, well, this is who I am. I can't help being who I am. That's not true. The Bible says, yes, you can help who you are. You can affect who you are. You can have an influence on who you are. And this is especially not the case for Christians because we are called to rely on God and live according to the truth. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's the challenge. So, if the inside is death, then the outside is worth nothing. If the inside is death, then the outside is worth nothing. But if the inside is winning through Jesus, then the outside shouts about it. Does that make sense? If the inside is death, then the outside is worth nothing. But if the inside is winning, then the outside shouts about it. I, d- I said that just so that, you know, there's a little phrase that you can basically just learn, <laughs> which is, if the inside's the sin side, the outside's the outside. But if the inside's the win side, the outside's the shout side. <laughs> Thank you. I said, if the inside's the sin side, the outside's the outside. But if the inside's the wind side, then the outside's the shout side. I'm going to test you on that next week. <laughs> Put it on the website. <laughs> but what it says is that it says that. So here's the question: We know we know that Jesus brings life. If you haven't met Jesus, He can change you. Later on in the Book of Corinthians, it says, "If anyone's in uh, in Christ, they're a new creation. The old's gone." If there's anything which is killing you off, Jesus can take it away. If there's anything you cannot get rid of, Jesus can take it away. Come to Jesus today, He will change you. Those of us who have, we know we're at war. We know we're at war. We know that there's death inside us and life inside us. And we can rely on God to bring the life and we can rely on Him to help us take rid of the death. So, here's the first question. What are you putting in? What do you put in? This is you. What are you putting in? What goes in? You control that. What are you putting in? Peter says this. He says, add to your faith goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and love. Put that in. Paul says, think about these things, what's noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable, what's excellent, what's praiseworthy. Is that what we put in? What do you read? What do you watch? Whose opinions influence you? Do you let what is godly go in? Or is this the only occasion? Ask another question. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who I was, when I try and quote him, I quite often in my head, I want to say David Lloyd-George, but that's not who I mean. I mean Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was talking about people who who quite often get depressed. He didn't mean clinical depression. He meant people who talk themselves into a bit of a state. And he said, people who do that need to, listen to themselves less and talk to themselves more. Because if we sit and listen to ourselves, I don't know, have you, have you got that, that voice in your head that goes, you're no good. You're going to stand up at the front and be rubbish. People won't like this. You put in a lot of effort, but I don't know why you're bothering. See, that person, that look they gave you, that's because they're really offended at you. You've, you've got it wrong, and it's all dreadful. I know, did, is it just me? Yeah, that's listening to ourselves. Okay, the other way. Graham, you are a child of the living God. You are restored to life through Jesus, and no one can snatch you out of His hand. That's me talking to myself. Listening to yourself, not a good idea sometimes. Talking to yourself, good idea. We control this. Do we choose life or choose death? Do you know what I'm saying? What are you putting in? That's quite good. Do we allow Jesus to clean us out? Or actually, remember we said, people find evil attractive. Do we have certain strongholds that actually we really quite like? Do you know what I mean? Are there certain people that we resent and we enjoy resenting them because they deserve it? You know, are there people that just irritate us and we are making an art form of being irritated by them because they are irritating? You know, do we have, do we have lies about ourselves that we believe? that we like to believe because, well, whatever reason, God will not use me, therefore that minimizes the amount of effort I must expend. The Holy Spirit will not release me, therefore I am excused ever trying. God doesn't answer my prayers, no need to go to the prayer meetings then. Do you know what I'm saying? Are there certain strongholds that we actually find quite attractive? I know that's a little challenging, but it's there, and they're in. I mean, seriously, they're in. And sometimes what comes out reveals that. And that's the second question. Number one, what are you letting go in? Number two, what are we letting out? We can tell sometimes the state we're in by what comes out. We can tell the state we're in by what comes out. So, insecurity, negativity, selfishness, unbelief. Or compassion, forgiveness, faithfulness, perseverance, being determined. When you look at what we do, what we say, what we think, what we believe, how we view others, how we view ourselves, are we looking to Jesus? Because Jesus said, out of our mouths comes the overflow of our heart. There's a, a verse in Proverbs we, 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 we were having shared with us last week, last at the beginning of this week, which from Proverbs, which says that the tongue speaks life and death, what comes out. A couple of weeks ago, I was in a situation, and although I told myself that I was going to behave myself, out of me came an overflow of insecurity. And I behaved in a way that showed that insecurity. And afterwards, you've got to think, well, where did that come from? What happened there? That wasn't good. It wasn't good. Didn't help me. Certainly didn't help anybody else. What's that about? Well, what we've got to do is make that available to Jesus to deal with. You've got to listen. Listen to what wise counsel from others. Listen to God and say, well, well, I need to make this available. I, I mustn't defend it. I need to make it available war is coming out. What are we letting out? Do we say words of encouragement or discouragement? Do we say words of cynicism? Do we say it'll never work? Or do we say, go for it, sister? Do we say, do we own the name of Jesus? Or do we mumble something about church going? What do we, what do we let out? Do you know what I'm saying? What do we let out? And the last question is this, are we allowing God to control that? Are we allowing God to deal with this? In Romans 8, verse 13, says, "'If you live according to the flesh, you will die.'" Dried earth painted. "'But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live because those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God and sons of God.'" In this context is both male and female. We've talked about this in this church before. It's both male and female. There's no distinction. We are people of God. We are offspring of God, if you like. But those who are led by the Spirit. Jesus can change us from the inside out, but we have to let Him. We have control. God is not a bully. You know, if you want to leave here and read something, watch something, participate in something, indulge in a conversation that just feeds death into you, nobody's stopping you. Nobody can stop you. I've got to tell you, I wouldn't presume to stop you. Done it myself. Lots of times. We have to be on our guard. But do we let God tell us quickly? Steve Goss gave some good advice, and he's the guy who's written the Anglicized version of Freedom in Christ. And he always says this, when it comes, when it comes into your head, deal with it quickly. Do you know what I mean? If you have that inclination, sort it out right away. You know, if you have that bad thought, challenge it right away. If you're inclined to say yes, think quickly. Don't let it take root. Do you know what I'm saying? We need to submit. We need to confess when we mess it up. We need to look inside and then give it to Jesus. We need the inside that's treasure to come out. At the end of the day, when it all crumbles, what we're looking for is refined gold inside in a little pile. And that's my question to you, which would you prefer to be? Pile of dust, pile of gold, pile of dust pile of gold. I'm guessing gold. Jesus said, store up treasures in heaven where nobody can steal it away. Is that what we're doing? What goes in, you control. What is going in? What comes out is controlled by what goes in. So, what's going in? And who decides? Do you give it to Jesus? Do you give it to you? If you feel that your life is being run, by forces other than that, then let us pray for you. There's people around the hall. You don't have to come and see me. I'm a bit scary. There's other people around who have prayer encouragement. They will pray for you. They will encourage you. If you feel there are strongholds that you need to give to Jesus today, do it today. If there are areas that you are allowing to influence you that you need to cut off and it's difficult, speak to Jesus. He will cut that off for you. There are plenty of brothers and sisters who will encourage you to do that too. But what I'm saying is this, the inside is what in the end we all see. If you hurt me, I stop noticing how good-looking you are. And you are good-looking, but I stop noticing that because all I see is that you hurt me. Do you know what I'm saying? When God sees us and He looks inside and there's treasure that Jesus would put He doesn't see the outside anymore. He can ignore it. All the flaws and the failings, all the insecurities, all the wrong decisions, all the regrets. He he can see the treasure in and He's excited by us. Isn't that a good thing to store up? Let's store up treasure in heaven. What I'm saying today is this. Put to death, death. Bring to life, life let Jesus take control. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we confess that we choose the wrong things often. We let things influence us that shouldn't. We find ourselves in places watching things, hearing things, listening to things, believing things that do us no good at all. And Lord, yet in all of that, in Your faithfulness, You still feed in truth and life and power. We know that You build treasure in us help us not to smother it by the death that we invite ourselves. Lord, just give us the faith to trust You that we might become treasure in jars of clay. Lord, let us forget about the dried earth on the outside and think about the refined gold on the inside. Lord, it is for You that we want to shine. Enable us in Jesus' name. Amen.